Hallelujah. Praise God. Your God is alive and well. He is in this house this morning. There's nothing like the presence of the Lord. It's good to see you today. Appreciate you coming out this morning. Whether it's your first time, or every time, or sometimes, or part-time, we, we, we don't care. We just like to see you here. Amen. Welcome those who are home today and listening in on our audio service line. We miss you. Wish you were here with us today. I hope to see you soon. I'm going to ask you this morning to open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 18. While you're doing so, I will remind you the prayer call this afternoon, which has a new time, 5 o'clock. If you call in at 5.30, you're going to have already missed half of it. 5 o'clock, for those of you that are not attending the concert tonight for Dr. Mann, Dr. Mann's farewell concert is tonight at 6 o'clock. The Full Gospel Church over on Federal Highway and Northeast 19th Street. If you'd like to go to that, I encourage you to go. Dr. Mann has always been a blessing to us here at Lighthouse, and we certainly want to give her uh, a proper send-off on her next adventure for the kingdom of God. So if you'd like to go, you want the address and the directions, you can just see me after church. Also, we have our Wednesday prayer call at 12 noon. Call the same number and make your prayer requests known. Reverend Fogas is there to pray with you, pray for you, agree in Christ to see the need met. And then on Wednesday evenings at 745, we have our Bible studies. And that also is on the audio service line. We encourage you to call in and participate, ask your questions, and offer your perspectives as we go through the scriptures together. Is there any other announcements or anything else needs to be brought to the attention of the church? All right. We will be announcing our members meeting here shortly, and we do start off each year with an update on all things Lighthouse. So we'll be letting you know about that probably next week. Deuteronomy chapter 18, beginning at verse 9. I'm going to read down to verse 22. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter Pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. 
And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you will dispossess listened to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet, like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. According to all you desired of the Lord your God in Oreb on the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, What they have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. May the blessing of God accompany the reading of his holy word. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we give you thanks for your word today, for its inspiration, for its preservation, for its translation into a language we can read and understand, that we might know the mind and will of God. Thank you, Lord, for those who've come today to hear it. Give them ears to hear, eyes to see, a heart that is open, a mind that is receptive to the Word of God. Help the one who speaks that Word today. For you know all of his limitations. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit flow freely and clearly through him today into every heart and mind that you have prepared for your Word. Let the Word take root. Let it bear fruit. These things we ask in Jesus' name, and all agree. Amen. As I was sitting this week doing my devotions and sort of half paying attention to the uh, programs on TV, uh, uh, somebody came across the screen, and I, I don't know the context, so forgive me. I, I meant to try to go back to figure out what led to it all, but, you know, I got kind of caught up with other things. But the context of, of, I, of what prompted this, I do not know, but the, the, the title over this person speaking was the 22 things to expect in 2022. I suppose last year, it was probably the 21 things to expect in 2021. I, I don't know what he did in the year 2000. I mean, <laughs> the zero things to expect in the year zero, I guess, was how that went, but but it just struck a nerve in my in my spirit. You know, you know me. I 
I, I, anytime I hear somebody who claims to know what's going to happen, my, my radar goes off. My spirit perks up. I like, okay, let me see what this, this guy's got to say. And, and it, it just kind of led me down one of those rabbit holes that I'm famous for, which is to go back and look at all of the predictions. You know, every new year, people love to make predictions about what's going to happen. And, and this, this custom in the world is bad enough. But it's begun to leak into the church. Now, when something that the world does becomes, you know, we, I, I have very little expectations of the world. In other words, I expect the world to do most things the wrong way at the wrong time for the wrong reasons. But when I see things that are worldly and carnal and of, of, that, of that culture begin to be replicated in the church, it concerns me. And as and and a simple little, I mean, just just you know, if you were don't do this during the service, but if you were just to go home and type in prophetic uh, uh, prophecies for 2022 in your search engine, whatever that one is, you would come up with more than you could possibly even count or read through in any reasonable amount of time. It seems like every year people get bold and decide they're going to tell you what's going to happen next. And so, of course, me being me, I have to go back to the Word of God, and I have to see, is any of this foolishness of God? And I have come to the, uh, I've come to the uh, unalterable conclusion that it is not. And so I want to focus today on this question, how shall we know? Verse 21, how shall we know if the word is from the Lord? And it's something we have really, I think, and, and, and we, I don't think I have to convince many of you that the church right now is locked in a cosmic struggle to defend the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to defend the truth of the word of God. Truth itself is under daily attack from every corner of our culture, of our, of, of our world. Truth has become uh, uh, such a, a mystery to most people that these days we've decided to allow most people just to define whatever they want to be the truth for themselves. And there is such a danger, there is such a danger, church, in this for God's people. Because if we lose sight of what is real and what is true, if we get caught up in all this occultic, and I use that word deliberately, you say, now wait a minute, Pastor, I don't, I don't, turn, I don't go to psychics. Well, some of these people claiming to speak on behalf of the Lord are no better than psychics. They do things the same way. They follow the same patterns. And are even outside of the occultic arts. You have, uh, many of these occultic arts have been, have been assimilated by much of what passes for our news programs and our commentary programs and other things like that. As a matter of fact, uh, I would tell you probably the biggest occults in our world today are the Democratic and Republican parties and their mouthpieces at NBC and Fox and other nations, uh, other stations. These cults, and I use that word intentionally, go back and study what a cult is. 
And you will see a great deal of, a, of, of similarity to what we call politics today. And there are some Christians uh, who, uh, who have put, uh, put more faith in the word of a commentator on a news program than they do in the word of God. And that ought to scare each and every one of us. Because the new prophets and the new psychics and the new mediums, they're not these fakes and charlatans over here in the supermarket checkout line. They're in the offices of White Houses and Congresses and Senates and Governor's Mansions. They, these, these occultic powers have taken root and residence in every form of media and every form of public discourse today. And the church has gotten sucked into that. We've gotten caught up into that. And so I came here today with a burden to at least try to lay out a, a very simple formula, a very simple way of discerning what when a word is not from God. When a word is not from God. Now, I'm going to take a little side detour. God still speaks to his people today. Amen. Amen. God still speaks through preachers and prophets and teachers and evangelists and pastors and, and bishops and all those things. God is still speaking today. God has not gone dormant. He has not gone silent. He has not decided to just, you know, some people, there are some branches of Christianity say when God got, when, when the last, when the last period was put on the book of Revelation, that was it. God was done and he hasn't said a word since. I don't think that's I don't think that's what the Bible teaches, and I don't think that's what the church has experienced. God is still speaking to us today, but He is speaking to us not only through His Word, but by through those forms that He has ordained to minister the Word of God and bring it to life and bring it to fulfillment and bring it to completion in each of us. But the greater danger the church has faced today is we are listening to voices that are not of God. We have taken for ourselves occultic forms of prophecy and occultic forms of divination and occultic forms. And I, I say this and I say this with fear in my heart that there are some even now standing in pulpits who have a word, who are claiming that word is from God, but the real source of that word is demonic. Amen. And I'm not excluding the church of God. No, it's just easy to throw stones at every other denomination in the world. But I tell you what, we got our own issues here. And so what God's people is need, need is, a, is a power of discernment, a gift of discernment, a, a way of knowing when a word is from God and when a word is not from God. And so we begin with the first thing that the, the, the Moses tells him, and that is to consider the source. You cannot divorce the word from the speaker. You cannot divorce the message from the messenger. Moses tells him he will raise up one of your own brethren. In other words, the one who is speaking must be of the household of faith, must be bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, must be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, and must walk obediently in the path of God. Pastor, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say if their life doesn't match their message, turn them off. Yeah. 
I don't care what comes out of their mouth. If they're not living it, if they're not walking righteously before God, if they're compromised in any, and lack integrity in any part of their life, I don't care what comes out of their mouth. Turn them off. Don't listen to them. You say, well, pastor, you know, not everybody's perfect. I'm not talking about perfect. I'm not perfect. But when someone is walking, walking means habitually following a path that deviates from the prescribed path of righteousness. I look at some people today and they put a lot of stock in this one or that one. And I say, well, have you heard the latest from this one or that one? And I'll say, no, I stopped listening to them years ago. So, well, what do you mean? I say, look how they live. So I'm not interested. Well, don't you want to hear from God? I said, God doesn't speak to mess like that. God doesn't speak to nonsense like that. Come on. What are you trying? What are you trying? Oh, but he raised up a Balaam. Yeah, Balaam was trying to curse the people of God. All right? Listen, church. I said, well, we can't know everything about everybody. Listen, you better know who you're speaking, who's speaking to you. You better know. I, you know, sometimes I'll catch somebody coming across the wire, TV, whatever, podcast, somewhere. I'll listen to them for a few minutes. I'll, first, I want to decide if they've got anything I even would bother to listen to. But the moment I decide, okay, this might be somebody I want to, I want to check out, to, I look them up. I look them up however I got to look them up. I want to see where their life is in God. If it's not one of the brethren, if it's not one of those who are bought by the blood of Christ, this disqualifies off the top. This disqualifies 95% of those the church is listening to today. i tell you that right now. Left or right, you, it doesn't matter. Rachel Maddow or, or Glenn Beck, it doesn't matter. If they don't walk before the Lord our God in righteousness, if they're not of the household of faith, we've got no business listening to them. Oh, you're being too strict, Pastor. I mean, you can't just... I'm, tell, I'm, just tell, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. This isn't Bishop Aldridge's opinions. This is what Moses is telling them. If it's not one of your brethren, that's it. We don't have time. He said, well, you know, sometimes I like to listen to people, and I just filter out all the bad stuff. Well, you've got so much more time than I do. I don't have time to sit there and try to, try to figure out what, what, what 5% of what this person's saying has value. I'd rather just turn them off. I'd rather just I'd turn on a ball game. I mean, honestly, you'll get, you'll get, you'll get, more, you'll get more out of watching uh, 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 what's the channel where they sell the uh, – the jewelry and stuff, the, the, what's the QFC, QCV, whatever. You'll get more out of that. All right. I, I don't watch it much, but you know, I tell you what, some people, they get voted. Oh, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch my religious programs all day. You'd be better off to see if you can get some jewelry on sale you can buy. Amen. You would. You'd be better off. Turn on, turn on the home uh, discovery, uh, do it yourself and learn how to install a toilet. That's helpful. That's helpful. That actually has some value. Learn how to learn how to put up a, a wall or learn how to fix a, a sink or something. There's some value in that. What you're hearing on this nonsense has no value. It will only degrade your faith. Amen. Amen. There's more profit in listening to 
these people who just are telling you how to paint or how to do this than there is to listen to someone who claims to speak for God, but does not speak the word of God. It's occultic powers. I, I was uh, talking to a person a while ago, and they were telling me how much yoga had helped them. And I looked at them and I said, you are a believer, right? And they said, well, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. I said, what are you, what are you doing messing with this? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't get into all that spiritual stuff. No, you can't, you can't, you can't. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. If something is inspired by the devil, it's always demonic. There's never a time where it's not. You can't sanctify it. You can't pray over it enough. There is no way to sanctify evil. You can't sanctify evil. Evil is evil all the time. Right? I was joking with somebody. I, we were <laughs> we had ordered a particularly rich dessert, a nice piece of good cheesecake. I'm not talking about that cheap stuff. I'm talking about good cheesecake, the real good stuff. The stuff's got about 10,000 calories in it. I mean, the good stuff. Dense but light. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, the plate weighs a pound, but when you bite it, it's like air. I mean, the good stuff. The good stuff. And I was joking with my friend. I said, I reckon, I said, you reckon if we play long enough, we can play all the calories out of this thing? <laughs> and he's like, we can try. Well, we prayed, but it still had the calories. Amen? Evil still has evil in it, no matter how much you try to sanctify it. There's no way to make it right. Well, we can make it, we can do a Christian version of this. There is no Christian version of it. Amen? If you're stressed, go for a walk. Jesus walked everywhere he went. Be like Jesus. Right? Amen. But really, if you're really stressed, you're not supposed to stretch and exercise. You're supposed to pray. Be anxious for nothing, but everything bring to God by supplication and prayer. Amen. That's how you de-stress. Come on. These evil and occultic practices have taken root in the heart of the church. So much so that what passes for prophecy in the church today has more in common with the witches and the wizards and the warlocks of Harry Potter than it does with the prophets of God's word. Amen. We've got to understand. God doesn't work this way. God doesn't do things this way. God has his way. It's narrow. It's straight. It's exclusive. And it does not need nor desire any assistance from the spiritual realm. Amen. Amen. Some want to command the angels. That's become a thing now. Yes. Amen. Yeah. I've heard at least 10 Pentecostal preachers in the last couple of years preach sermons that included phrases like command the angels. Yes. I said, number one, are you sure it's angels you're commanding? Come on. Come on. Some of those angels aren't necessarily, they might be angels, but that doesn't mean they're good angels. Amen. We want to mess with powers. We want to go beyond the word of God. We want to go into places that we're not permitted to go. Amen. 
God will assign the angels to whatever assignments He assigns them to, and they'll carry them out. We don't need to worry about it. And one time Jesus was told, command the angels. He said, no. He said, I could. I could call 10,000 of them right now. But that's not the way God does it. Come on. If it's not of the, if the one who's speaking is not of the household of faith, they are to be disregarded out of hand. Second thing I want you to know, so so we talk about consider the source. We also should consider the motive. Consider the motive. Is the intent of the apostasy to glorify the prophet? Or to glorify God? Amen. Is the intent to glorify the prophet? How do you mean? How do you recognize that, Pastor? Well, the minute they lift their voice and say something along the lines of, listen, I've got the 22 things that God's going to do in 2022, and it's yours today for $9.99 plus shipping and handling. Right there. Click. Amen. Amen. Let me go see if uh, QFC's got some, uh, some dolphin jerseys I can buy cheap. Come on, get out of it. Go go, yeah, go go check out a good old Bugs Bunny cartoon. There you go. Oh, Bugs, at least put a, put a smile on your face. Amen. So much of what happens in the name of God is not done for God's glory, but for the glory of those who claim to speak for God. Prophetic websites, prophetic sources, prophetic books, prophetic blogs, prophetic podcasts. All publicizing and proclaiming the glory of the speaker. Revelations, honors, glory, and praise. Consider the life of a prophet in your Bible. How many of them had honor? How many of them had glory in the days of their prophecies? Did not it say one place? Did not Jesus ask one place? Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? Point out the one you actually listened to. Point out the one you actually honored. They threw Jeremiah in a pit. They cut Isaiah in half. Amen. The prophets of God were never accepted among their own people. A prophet is not without honor unless he's in his home country. Over and over again, God raises up people to speak his word, and over and over again, his own people persecute them. If a prophet is popular, it's probably not of God. It's no different today. How will we know if it's of the Lord or if it's not of the Lord? Consider the motive. Consider the source. Consider the motive. Consider the end result. Is the prophecy or is the word from God something that brings us closer, that gives us more revelation, that gives us more appreciation, that gives us a a better understanding of our relationship with God? Or does it put more and more obstacles and end results? 
The goal of a word from God is to give understanding and knowledge and revelation in the things of God. If someone puts themselves between you and God and says, you can't understand what God wants from you unless you come through me. Come on. I know pastors like that. I know preachers like that. Who will tell you, oh, don't even bother to read the Bible. I'll tell you what it means. I'm going to tell you something. Mark them. Mark them. You hear me challenge you at least 10 times a year. If anything comes out of this pulpit or out of my mouth that doesn't agree with the word of God, put it aside. Don't even, don't even, don't even, give, it a, don't even give it weight. You're not up here to hear the gospel according to James Holders. You're up here to hear the gospel according to Jesus Christ. Consider the end result. Does it add burden to you? Or does it free you in Christ? I was talking with someone, this is a while back, maybe a year or two. It's when this whole COVID thing really started to develop. And and, and this person was listening to some people, and they had become, <laughs> I, I, I'm not making fun of anybody. We, we're all here at one time or another. All of us are here at one time or another. But they had become convinced of some things about the way prophecy related to COVID and COVID related to prophecy. Oh, remember those days? Remember when everybody was coming out of the woodwork to tell you about how all of this was about certain things prophesied in the Bible? I kept my mouth shut. I I fall into the wait and see category when it comes to things. Unless God himself tells me to say something. Nah. <laughs> but I know the spirit of Christ, that I knew the spirit of Christ wasn't in this particular thing. How did I know it wasn't the Spirit of Christ? Because all it was doing was adding burden and weight and fear and prejudice and and bitter. It was just something that was just weighing someone down. I said, that's not how God's Word works. God's Word will convict you. Absolutely, it will. If you're not doing right, God's Word will come at you like a knife, like a sword. But the Word of God is given to us to be an encouragement, to to be a deliverance, to be a freedom. And if it doesn't set you free in Christ, it's not of God. Jesus said, I didn't come to add more on you. He said, my burden is easy. My yoke is light. Peter made this argument before the the, the group there uh, uh, when they were debating all these things. He said, why would we add burdens to these who are being saved that even we and our fathers couldn't bear? Why are we making the yoke of the gospel heavier when we know it's intended to lighten and to set people free? Any word that comes, that comes at you and wants to add all these additional barriers and steps and programs that you've got to go through to get in God's good grace. Reject it. Boldly, we have access to the throne of God. 
you have access to God's throne. And he is your present help in the time of need. Now, there's nothing wrong with asking someone to pray for you. I do it all the time. You do it as well. Obviously, we want as many people praying for us as we can. But we don't need anyone's permission to go before God. And we don't have to go in the name of anyone other than Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. I want that to be received. You don't have to go in anybody else's name other than the name of Jesus Christ. Nobody has a VIP pass. Nobody has backdoor access. Nobody can come into God's throne room and get you a special place before the throne except Jesus Christ. He and he alone. He and he alone. And while it's great to have mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and pastor and great pastor and senior pastor and junior pastor and parking lot pastor and all the other pastors praying for you, and I love, by God, give me a church with 50 pastors in it. I'm a good. You can't have too many shepherds if they love Jesus and they're doing right. Amen. But you ain't got to go through anybody. You ain't got to go through anybody. The way The veil has been torn, brothers and sisters. The veil is torn. And even the poorest and meanest sinner, the most vile and wicked creature, if the Spirit of God brings conviction on his soul, can go before the very throne and presence of his Creator and beat his chest and say, Be merciful to me, O God, for I am a sinful man, and God will hear him, and he will leave his presence justified. Consider the end result. Does it lighten the load or does it make the burden heavier? Does it add steps or does it bring access to the throne of God? Consider its relationship to God's word. Now this one's worth, this one's on you. It is your responsibility to know, it is your responsibility to know the word of God well enough. Amen. To know if something is in keeping with the word or not. Amen. I can't do that for you, but the Spirit of God can. Amen. The Spirit of God can give you understanding and insight into his word. The Spirit of God will let if you will make a habit out of reading and meditating upon the word of God daily. Yes. If you will make a habit out of reading and meditating you are deceived because you don't know enough to know what you don't know so I've got to what are you saying Pastor you've got to memorize every word in the Bible no but I tell you what if you know the spirit of the word you can catch the prophet in the lie because you know that doesn't agree with the word of God That doesn't agree with the Word of God. Even the devil will quote scriptures at you. We learned that. Jesus knew that, right? In the temptations. Oh, this person said, the Word of God says, you will not let your foot dash against a stone. Okay, that's the Bible. That's what, Psalm 91? That's a good good scripture. I love that song. That's that's one of my go-tos. I can get in Psalm 91 and have church for about four days. It's a good good read. It's a good song. But sometimes even the good word of God can be abused and misused. The word will be quoted and prophesied over you. They'll prophesy a word over you. 
a speak a word, a ream a word, a right now word. And yet in your spirit, if you know the word of God, your spirit will respond like Jesus did. Amen. Yes, the Bible does say that. The Bible also says you shall not tempt the Lord your God Amen. or try to prove him. Amen. Sometimes, and I know it gets difficult sometimes, and not everybody's a scholar, not everybody knows the Greek and the Hebrew and all of that business. And by God, if you could learn all of that, God bless you. There's value in knowing as much as you can know. But you can, you can know every syntax and every, every single jot and tittle. Let me go old school King James on you. The jot and the tittle. You can know them all. But if you don't know the one who the word was written through and about, it can still become a snare to you. Amen. And that's the last one. Yep. Consider the relationship it has with Jesus Christ. John said, the law came from Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. What are we fighting about? What are we arguing about? What is all the dispute about? What is true? What is genuine? What is real? What can I know is God's word for me, for my life. It begins and ends with the Alpha and the Omega. It begins and ends with the beginning and the end. If the word is of God, it will glorify, it will magnify, it will reveal the person of Jesus Christ to to be exactly who he is. Some people think, and I've heard, I was, I was talking, uh, I was reading uh, a book um, over the last few days. And the author of this book is, you know, trying to make this case about Jesus and trying to say certain things about him. And, and from a worldly perspective, from an impact perspective, and I didn't have to get but maybe six or seven paragraphs into the book where I realized this person doesn't even know who Jesus is. I don't even know who Jesus is. Why would I take two seconds out of my life to listen to somebody tell me about Jesus who does not know Jesus? I just, what, you know, now I, I, I didn't throw it in the garbage. It, it belongs in the garbage. But one of my jobs as a teacher, as a Bible teacher, as a as a preacher, is to know what the enemy's thinking and what his strategies he's using. So I've got to kind of familiar myself with this argument. So when someone brings this argument to me, I will be able to knock it down. But I tell you, church, all these things can be boiled down to one. Is it in keeping with the spirit of Jesus Christ? Does it honor Christ? Does it acknowledge him as he is? Does it it acknowledge his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and his return? Does it confess him as Lord? Does it worship him as God incarnate? Any failure here or any lack here 
And the word is not of God. God does not contradict himself. God does not contradict himself. They come out of the woodwork every new year to prophesy and to promise and to tell you all the things. I I, I saw a guy on Facebook the other day, a well-known guy, you know him. That all God's given him so many things that's going to happen in 2022. And if you'll tune into his little program at such and such a time on such and such a day, he'll start laying them out for you. I said, I, I don't know why people want waste any time with this foolishness. I really don't. I don't understand why. Even let's say someone finally figured out whatever secret is supposed to unlock all the things that are going to happen. What could you do about it? Well, if I know, I, I'll be ready. Well, you should be ready anyway. One of the reasons why God doesn't reveal everything is because he doesn't want us to wait for the last minute to decide to get right and get ready. You want to be able to live without fear of what's going to happen? Be right today. Be ready now. Be ready in the moment. You will know it's not of God. You will know it's not him. Because the prophet does not come from the people of God, does not speak the word of God. The things he prophesies in God's name does not happen. And the things that he do happen do not glorify God, but some other God or idol. We are involved in a cosmic, titanic struggle for truth. Truth is under fire on every level of our culture, in our economies, in our politics, in our entertainments. Everywhere you look, truth is being attacked. And so many, I believe, here's my prediction. Here's my prophecy. Let me join the fray. This is free. You don't even have to, you don't even have to pay for this. You don't even have to pay for this. Everyone who speaks in the name of the Lord is not of the Lord. God will expose in his due time. Amen. God will expose them. It's not my job to go out hunting down all the false prophets. I'm not David with a sling. I don't go looking for someone to throw a stone at. God will expose them. And he has. He's already exposed many of them. Nobody just cares. They keep listening to him anyway. Yeah. What can you do? I told uh, one person mentioned somebody to me. Said, I don't, I don't listen. Well, what do you mean you don't watch? I said, listen, they get one shot with me. One. Oh, you're not a forgiving person. No, I'm a very forgiving person. But if somebody claims to speak for the Lord, and what they say is not of God, I'm done. Amen. I'm done. I mean, any use for him. I got no time for it. I'm a busy man. I got a lot to do. We, church, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. We've got to be able to discern and know what's of God. Would you stand with me this morning? If God allows me, we're going to talk a lot about truth in the next few weeks. What is true, what is not. How to spot a lie, how to spot a deception, how to spot those who, 
who are trying to fool God's people. We're going to talk about how to build our lives on truth. And how the central truth of God's word will stand up against any attempt to destroy it. No one can destroy what God has established. But it begins with this. It begins with learning to listen to the right voice. Learning to discern the right voice. There are so many voices speaking now. You can't even count how many now with all the media that's available from internet, from, 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 from cable, from satellite, from, you know, you, you, there's just millions of voices. How do we learn? How do we know what voice to actually heed and listen to? God's Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit. Jesus said this of him. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. It begins with him. It begins with listening to what's true. As a, you know, like this, as a vaccine against what is false. Right? You got to put your truth in you so you become immune to what is false. That is our prayer today. Father God, in the name of Jesus, give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. The world is so full of lies. So many claim to speak in your name. So many claim to have revelation from you. So many claim to have secret knowledge. So many claim to have some sort of have some sort of exclusive understanding that nobody else has. Oh God, give us wisdom. Give us understanding to discern against these lies of the devil. The occult has become prevalent. The psychics and the mediums and the prophets are, are everywhere, God. They're on street corners and they're on major newscasts. And they're doing the same thing to try to deceive so that they might destroy. And Father God, forgive us, for we, the church, have accepted this, tolerated it, and even incorporated it into our own way of worship. God, help us today. Lord, I pray for you to raise up a generation of true prophets. True prophets, Lord. Those who only speak when you give them something to say. And those who only say what you tell them to say. Those who speak the word with integrity. Father, I pray you would raise up a generation of prophet perception, prophetic perception, that we might know what is of God and what is not of God. So many things are going to come at us this year, God. So many voices are going to speak. So many lies are going to be spoken. We won't even be able to keep count of them all. Anchor us in the truth, O God. Anchor us in your word, O God. Anchor us in the spirit of the living God. Anchor us in the person of Jesus Christ. Give us ears that hear only his voice and none other. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother, would you come and serve people? There is no greater lie that's being perpetrated today than this lie concerning Jesus himself. It's an old one. Our generation did not invent it. It's been around 
for millennia, this undermining of Jesus' divinity and humanity, this declaration against the Son of the living God, but we stand here today to celebrate the absolute truth concerning Christ Jesus, that he was God in the flesh, that he came, the Word of God was made flesh. He dwelt among us. He lived and he died and he rose again. And he ascended bodily into heaven and he will bodily return to this world and redeem us all. This is the truth concerning Jesus Christ. And all who speak against us are liars and all who deny it Deny the Son of God. And so if you're here this morning and there's anything between you and God, now is the time to make things right. Now is the time to confess your sin. Now is the time to seek His hand of forgiveness. For he who takes the body and blood of the Lord unworthily, disrespectfully, or without regard to its true value or meaning, brings condemnation upon himself. But for those of us who discern the Lord's body and for those of us who discern his blood, this is part of our testimony. We are saved. We are redeemed by this body of Christ. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we wipe the slate clean this morning. We confess any and all sin, God. Anything that may be between us and you, anything that you're not pleased with. Lord, if there's something in my life today that you're not pleased with, I pray, oh God, today you would forgive it and cleanse me of its stain. I pray, oh God, today that there be anything in this church, if anything we are doing as a community, God, is not pleasing to you, you would forgive us. You would instruct us in the way of righteousness. You would show us the error of our way. You would lead us down the right path. For our only desire, my only desire, for me and for this body of believers at Lighthouse, is that we walk before you with integrity and righteousness and faith, O oh God. So Lord, today we pray for that, that clean sleep, that new beginning, that fresh start that is promised to us by the love and the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we pray over this bread today. We sanctify it in Jesus' name. We pray it would be help to our bodies, strength to our bodies, O oh God, that by the stripes that were laid upon his body, we would be healed. We take this body, as the, this bread today, as a symbol of the physical incarnate flesh of the Son of God. We receive it by faith. We give thanks in Jesus' name. Take, eat, and be made whole in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, Father, I pray for those outside this body today, listening in at home, sick. Touch their bodies right now. Heal them in Jesus' name. Heal them today, oh God. Make them whole, God. Oh God, stand them back up on their own two feet. Let strength flow through their bodies, oh God. 
Oh, Lord, we pray. Father, we sanctify this cup today, and we bless this cup, this precious symbol of the blood of the precious Lamb of God, the Lamb without spot, without blemish, who has promised to present to himself a church, a bride without spot and without blemish. So God, today we pray for every spot and every blemish in your body today to be washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. That every sin be forgiven. That every heart and mind be cleansed of all unrighteousness. That the dust of this world be washed off. That we might walk before you in the beauty of holiness live our lives in righteous declaration of praise of the forgiving grace, the empowering grace, the overcoming grace present in the blood of Jesus Christ our Lord. We bless this cup in Jesus' name. Take and drink. Be made new in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody worship the Lord this morning. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy, for your grace. Thank you, God, for preserving us from error, for preserving us from the lies, for preserving us from the powers that would mislead us and deceive us. We give thanks today, O oh God. Thank you for the testimony of generations past that kept this word with integrity. Thank you for those who raised up in every generation to maintain the purity of your revelation. Now the task falls to us today, God, pray that we would be worthy, that we would not falter, that we would not fail to pass on to the next generation the unfiltered, unadulterated, pure word of God. Father, we thank you for those who have been in this house today. You know their needs. You know their hearts. You know their souls. You know their conditions, God, what they're walking into tonight, what they're walking into tomorrow, what they will face this week, all the attacks that hell has planned for them, all of the strategies the devil is releasing into their life. But, Lord, we're not afraid. We're not afraid. We're not afraid because we know who we serve. We know what he's capable of, what his power is. And so we leave this place with boldness to do the work of the kingdom of God, to pull down the strongholds, to uproot all those entanglements that the enemy tries to silence our voice with. Let us go forth from this place and the anointing and power of your Holy Spirit. Keep us safe. Keep us holy until we meet again in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a production of the Lighthouse Church of God. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed. You are welcome to join us for service every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information or to support our ministry, visit our website at www.lhcogfl.org 
Or if you're in the Broward County area, we would love for you to visit our church located at 1890 Southwest 31st Avenue, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33312. God bless you. Until next time, this is the Lighthouse Church of God, lighting the way through the storms of life.